1: Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about why you might schedule a weekly play date with yourself and talk about dealing with an inconsiderate rebel brother. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the four tendencies, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I would love to have a weekly play date with you. How fun would that be?
0: Yeah, I would love that. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, I have to say you are the opposite of an inconsiderate rebel brother. You're (laughs) a very considerate upholder sister.
1: (laughs) Oh, good point. Um, Now, before we jump in, we want to remind everybody that we're going to do an upcoming very special episode related to travel, because here in the United States, a lot of people travel in the summertime, and we want to have hacks, tips, strategies, try this at home, anything that you can think of that will help um, us all travel easier, better, faster, and just with more fun and less uh, trouble.
0: Yes, so please send us an email or a voicemail. We particularly want to feature a lot of your voices, so if you're so inclined, please do leave us a message at 774-277-9336 or, easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336, or you can always email us a voice memo to podcast at GretchenRubin.com.
1: Excellent. Um, So, Alyssa, this week our tried This at Home tip is to schedule a weekly play date with yourself to really put it on the calendar, make that play date for yourself.
0: Yes, I'm always making play dates for my son, Gretch, but it it has never occurred (laughs) to me to make a play date with myself.
1: Well, I think the thing for me, and I think this is true for a lot of people, if something's on the calendar, it happens. If it's not Mm -hmm. on the calendar, it's very unlikely that I will get to it. And so I think the idea is like once a week by yourself, do something that's playful, whimsical, creative, idea broadening, something that just sounds fun. Like what would be a play date? And put it in there and put it in your schedule like a a dentist appointment.
0: Uh, I love this idea, of course, because it sounds very fun. And it reminds me, Gretch, I used to sort of do this uh, ah. play date with myself for years. Not every week, but quite um, regularly, I would go to Benny Hana by myself for lunch. Ah. And uh, um, that was what I would call a play date with myself.
1: Because you would just go for fun. It was just like, oh, I just, this is something I really enjoy. So I'm just going to go when I, when it works in my schedule.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love Benny Hanna more than is probably appropriate for a grown woman. <laughs> and when I had a lot of times like on a Saturday, I would this is before I was married or had a child um, I would say I'm going to take myself to Benihana, and I would go and sit at the table, you know, and just a lot of times I would do a crossword puzzle or read Us Weekly, mm-hmm. um, and of course give the you know proper amount of attention to the chef when he was doing his tricks. Well, no, this um, is, but for I people just, who don't
1: know Benihana, explain why <laughs> the appeal of Benihana.
0: Oh, yes. They cook the food in front of you and do tricks with, like, lighting and setting things on fire. And it's very fun. And kids love it. Um, But clearly, adults like me love it, too. Oh,
1: that is so fun. Um, So that's a perfect example of a play date with yourself. One thing that I was thinking would be a great idea for me, something that I really value, but that I don't really ever fit into my life, is picture books. So I love children's literature and young Mm. adult literature, but I also really love picture books. And although when Eliza and Eleanor got a little bit older, I sent many boxes of picture books to Jack. um, Yes. uh, I did keep a lot of them, the ones that I just couldn't bear to let go of. But I never read them because it's like, when do you sit around and read, you know, a giant stack of children's picture books? But actually Mm. that is something that I would really, really enjoy. So I should just put it on the calendar.
0: So, Gretchen, let me ask you, because this is play date with yourself, why is it not a play date with someone else? you think it's just more rejuvenating to have some alone time?
1: Well, I— well. I mean, maybe you would want to do it with somebody else. Maybe for someone else, they don't they would want to set it up that way. But I think it's partly it's it's scheduling. Like once you start doing something mm-hmm. with someone else, you get into that whole business of accommodating them and does it work out, and then it doesn't happen for three weeks. I think uh. there's nice about just like when it works for you, it works for you and you're going to do it. And I need a lot of solitude, Elizabeth, you don't need as much solitude as I do, but like for me, there really is value in just saying this, even though I'm doing this by myself, I'm still as committed to it as I would be mm-hmm. if I were meeting someone else. Or had coordinated with someone else. And I do think there are things that some of us enjoy that maybe there's nobody else in our lives who really wants to do it. Right. And there's no reason you shouldn't enjoy Benny Hanna just because you don't have a fan of Benny Hanna around. Like, mm-hmm. just do it for yourself. Right. I think it's great. And the thing is, I think for a lot of things that we enjoy, we think, oh, I'll just wait till I have some free time. But you may never have mm-hmm. any free time. You know, it, yes. so I think if there's something that's fun, Go ahead and schedule it now, and don't wait for it to work for somebody else, and don't wait for somebody else to be interested. Just do it on your own. And a lot of things are just as fun or maybe even more fun on your own.
0: That's true. Like, I love going to movies by myself.
1: Ah, see? I've never done that in my whole entire life, I don't think. But there you go. You haven't? I don't think oh. so. I don't think
0: so. Yeah, if there's, like, a great sort of chick movie movie, I love nothing more, you know, if I happen to be on hiatus than like 11 a.m. on Friday going to it opening day by myself, like a Sex in the City movie.
1: That is a great example of like, that is a play date that works for you. It would never cross my mind. Never, 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 never. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but here's something that I like to do. Lately, I've become really preoccupied with like thrift stores and junk stores and like You know, low, low level antique stores. Mm -hmm. You know how they have all this stuff. I never want to buy anything, but I just have become like really into just going and walking around. And I don't know why I'm just drawn to it. I just love looking at all this stuff. So I'm like, I'm going to put that on the schedule because it's like for some reason, it's really pleasing me in a way that I can't really explain. But nobody else I know wants to do it. And there's no purpose to it really other than to just look. So I'm just putting it on my schedule.
0: I also like the idea of reframing things into a play date with yourself. So, for instance, I'm trying to get up, um, and I have the last several weeks, get up really early Sunday morning and go hiking, Mm. which I've talked about doing on the podcast before. I'm back into it now. Oh, gold Um, star. I like thinking of that. Yes, I like thinking of that as a play date with myself. That makes it even more appealing.
1: Well, so that's a good question, though, because here's the thing. I think sometimes people... Try to reframe things in ways that Mm. aren't really exactly like don't pretend that something's fun for you if it's really not fun for you. Like, is this really a play date or is this really something that's really valuable that you get a lot out of? But it's not really a play. I think there has to be room for things that are Uh. satisfying and energizing and good and then things that are just sheer fun. And you don't want to you don't want to have a life where nothing is just pure fun. Cause, Got you know. it. But maybe I think for some people, hiking is pure fun. I don't know that for you it's pure fun. Not fun like right. I really Us enjoy it.
0: Right. That's <laughs> true. I was going to say, I really enjoy it, but it's not in the
1: same category Right, as um, Benny Hanna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're both valuable. Um, you know, and maybe even the hiking is, I hate to say it's more valuable, but maybe it is more valuable in the long run. (laughs) But I just think sometimes people are like, oh, this is like my treat to myself. I'm like, well, if it's not really like some, and then some things are like playdates. Again, for some people, not for others, like some people I know love to plan trips. They love to research trips and plan them, plan a road trip, plan an exotic vacation. I just do not like doing this at all. That kind of planning and research, I do not like at all. But for some people... It is fun. It it would be a play date to Mm -hmm. even, but it's like, okay, if that's you or like some people love to write letters, handwritten letters, handwritten postcards, Mm. not me, but it could be a really good play date for someone like, oh, I'm going to sit down and write some great letters and use my stationery and use my fancy pens or.
0: As always, it's all about knowing yourself and what's fun for you and like, and not listening to what other people think you should do, but doing what you want to do.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. That is the lesson for that. And uh, I'm starting to think about my next book project, which I can't really, it's too soon to talk about it yet, but I think this is something I really want to incorporate as part of that, is this idea of mm. the play date with myself. I think it's... Mm, I'm it, intrigue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> um, let us know if you tried this at home and how having a weekly play date with yourself works for you. And what did you decide to do for your play date? Let us know on Twitter, Facebook, drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com, or as always you can go to the show notes for anything related to this episode. This is episode 178, so you can go to happiercast.com slash 178 for everything related to this episode.
0: Coming up, we've got a parenting happiness hack. But first this break. Okay, Gretch, it's time for a happiness hack, and this one comes from your friend.
1: Yes. Okay, so my friend told me her brilliant solution to what I think is a very common problem, a problem that I face myself. Okay, so she has an older daughter who has a 1 a.m. curfew, and she wants to know that her daughter has come home safely, but she doesn't want to stay up until 1 a.m. And mm. if she goes to sleep and her daughter wakes her up to say, hey, you know, I'm home— then she has a lot of trouble going back to sleep, and that's a problem because she really needs her sleep. Now, her husband, my friend's husband, just sleeps through this whole thing, so he is of no help. <laughs> and so the, so the challenge is, how do you solve this problem so you know that your daughter is home safely, but you don't miss out on any sleep that you don't need to? So this is her brilliant hack. So she has an alarm, and she sets it for 1.15 a.m. And when her daughter comes yeah. home, she tips toes into her parents' bedroom. Set, turns off her mother's alarm and tiptoes out again. And so if my friend wakes up mm. at 3 a.m. and the alarm has not gone off, she knows, okay, I don't even need to check. I know my daughter's home because the alarm is off. If Or she wakes up in the morning. Or the alarm goes off and it's 1.15 a.m. and she's like, okay, I know my yeah. daughter's out past her curfew and now I want to be up and, like, on the scene to figure this out. So it's the perfect thing because whatever happens – She knows what the status of the situation is without having to stay awake for it. This is such an incredible idea,
0: Gretch. Right. I just think this is ingenious. Yes. Now, my problem is if someone tiptoed in, I would wake up because I'm, I think, a pretty light sleeper. Yeah. Especially, I just have a sixth sense for Jack, as yeah. many parents do, you know. Yeah. But I could put the alarm outside my bedroom door. Yeah. And then I don't think I would wake up if he was just outside the door. Right. Obviously, when he's much older, like, yeah. you know, 18, <laughs> not yeah. now.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I just I think this is such a great example of how technology. If we think about it, we can really figure out ingenious solutions. So I thought mm-hmm. that was a very imaginative way. Now, if you have two kids, you have one, and I have two that are such different ages. They this doesn't come up. But if you had two children that had two different curfews or the same curfew, I guess you'd have to have two alarms going so you would know either way. And make sh- and and hope that one child wouldn't like. Yes. Check in the other one and you that could get more complicated. But if you just have one, I think this is a great solution.
0: Yes, I can't believe nobody's thought of this
1: before. (laughs) It's all about just taking the time to think about it. Obvious, yeah, yeah. Now for the four tendencies tip. Now, Elizabeth, you and I have talked many, many, many times about the four tendencies, but if there is a listener who wants to hear more about it, you can check out episode 120, which is all about the four tendencies. Um, I will give a brief description right now, but you can also take the quiz at happiercast.com quiz. I think almost 1.4 million people now have taken that free quiz, so you can find out if you're an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or a rebel. But just in super brief form, refresher, this has to do with how a person beats expectations, outer expectations like a work deadline, and inner expectations like keeping a New Year's resolution. And so upholders readily keep outer and inner expectations, so they meet the work deadline They keep the New Year's resolution without much fuss. That's me. I'm an upholder. That's a small tendency. Not that many people are upholders. Next, questioners. Questioners question all expectations. They'll do something if they think it makes sense. So they're always asking why. So for them, everything's an inner expectation. If it meets their standard of justification, they'll do it. If it fails, they'll push back. And that's Jamie. My husband is a questioner. Next, obligers. Obligers readily meet outer expectations, but they struggle to meet inner expectations. So this is a person who... Well, always meets the work deadline, but then maybe struggles with the New Year's resolution. And Elizabeth, this is you.
0: Yes, I'm I'm a big obliger. You're a
1: proud obliger. That's the biggest tendency. That's the one that most people belong, the biggest number of people belong to, then questioners. And then finally, rebels. And this question is about a rebel. Rebels resist all expectations, outer and inner-like. They want to do what they want to do in their own way, in their own time. They can do anything they want to do, anything they choose to do. But if you ask or tell them to do something, they're very likely to resist. And that is the smallest tendency. That's the one that the fewest number of people belong to. And today we have, like I think, a very, probably to many people, familiar type of conflict that is arising between obliger and rebel.
0: Yes. Um, And this comes from someone who would rather not be named. Yes. Yes. (laughs) The question is, I've been struggling to build or even just manage my relationship with my brother. He's a classic rebel. His wife is a questioner, and my husband and I are definitely obligers. We all live near each other, and we have kids the same age. I want to stay close to them for all of our sakes, especially the cousins. But whenever we plan something, we end up doing what's best for my brother's family, not mine. Sometimes, even after I've agreed to go along with what they want, they change things around while an event is happening. The actual planning happens between my sister-in-law and me, and I've tried to be honest about my needs and my family's needs, but my sister-in-law questions them, which makes me feel like I'm being interrogated. She has some rules, like she never schedules anything before noon, and if I don't want to go along with them, then she prefers not to meet up. Since I want my kids to have a relationship with their cousins, I always acquiesce. This is heartbreaking for me. I feel marginalized, unheard, and taken advantage of. It seems to me that being a rebel or a questioner is a character flaw. My brother and his wife accomplish a lot in the world, but it is always on their terms. How can an interpersonal relationship with them work? Isn't a basic sign of love and caring that you meet another person's expectations? Wow. I
1: mean, so
0: what a good um, question. What a dilemma.
1: What a dilemma. And I think it's a perfect example of how a situation can really look different based on the perspective of the tendency of the people coming to it. This is a great enunciation of an obliger perspective on a conflict.
0: Yeah, because Gretchen, my question is, where do you draw the line between a tendency and
1: someone just being selfish? Okay, so that is a fantastic question, and it's complicated for a number of reasons. One thing is, and this is a perfect example, is that sometimes what looks like selfishness to one person does not look like selfishness to another person. And so you might say, well, it's very selfish that she says her family can't do anything before noon and just lays that out as like something that has to be done, like that's so selfish. But from a questioner's perspective, it's like, well, I know that this is what works best for my family. If it's before noon, we're always late. My kids are cranky. It just makes good sense to always do it afternoon. It's not. I'm not being selfish. I'm just being realistic. I'm just using my information about what works best for us. It's not that one person's right, and one person's wrong, but they have different perspectives on how to understand that decision or that rule. And then also, a lot of it depends on a person's values. So some people sometimes people will say like, oh, are rebels selfish? It's like, well. Some rebels have a very high value of being considerate parents, uh, responsible coworkers. Like for a rebel, they can do anything they want to do. They can live up to any identity. They, they want to put their values into action. And so it kind of depends on, well, what is that rebel's values? What is their identity? And do they mm-hmm. feel like what you're asking them to do is helping them to live up to those values and that identity? Or is it in conflict with those, those ideas? And so it's a different way of framing it. And so I think like thinking about selfishness, I think, isn't helpful because it's very judgmental. I think it's better to think about, like, well, Mm. what what does everybody want and how do we get to a situation where everybody gets the closest to what they want rather than selfishness, which is suggesting I'm right, you're wrong, you should do it my way, you're inconsiderate. It's like, well, people could have different views about that, so let's just try to get where we're going instead of worrying about who's right, who's wrong.
0: Yeah, and it seems to me since she's— or he, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, has expressed what's best for their family and nobody cares, yeah. I think they need to just start doing what's best for them. And yeah. if that means not seeing each other, the rebel brother just needs to suffer that consequence. In yeah. other words, you, you just have to stop acquiescing all the time for anything to change.
1: Right, right. Absolutely, because the more you go along with it, the more they feel like that's okay. And also I would point out, like for the rebel brother at least, Rebels really don't like to feel locked into plans. They just, uh-huh. spontaneity tends to be a high value for a rebel. And so just the fact that you're trying to lock in plans might make them try to pull back. And so you could kind of propose something and then let them take it or leave it. So you could say something like, hey, you know what, we're taking our kids to the petting zoo after lunch on Saturday. You know, if you want to meet us there, that'd be great. I know the kids would love to see their cousins. If it doesn't work for you, then no problem. So then the the listener's family is doing what they're going to do whether or not the other family mm-hmm. comes. And then by leaving it open, you might actually make it more likely that they would come. Now, with a questioner sister-in-law, questioners are all about like efficiency and justification. And so an obliger might say something like, okay, so like, let's say it was like, okay, we're all going to go out for pizza. And then at the last minute, they're like, oh, no, 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 we want to go for Chinese. And your kids are all disappointed because mm-hmm. they want pizza. So you don't want to mm-hmm. say to the sister-in-law, we agreed we'd go for pizza. Because to a questioner, it's like, who cares what mm-hmm. we agree to? That's not what makes sense right now. You have to say something like, right. I told my kids we weren't going to have pizza yesterday because we were going to have pizza today. And so they were really counting on the fact that we were, they were going to go to their favorite pizza parlor. And so for them, it's really important to go to the pizza, so Chinese doesn't work for us. I'm giving you a justification, which is that we acted in reliance on this agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a justification. It's an, Or like, well, you know, if we go to this restaurant, we won't be home until after nine o'clock and my kids get super cranky. I really want to go to the pizza restaurant because it's so much closer. That's a lot more convenient for us. That's a justification. Questioners respect reasons and justifications, but things like you promised, you said so, this is the way we've always done it. And certainly just going along with whatever whatever they've suggested and silently fuming, um, that doesn't work as well with questioners.
0: Yeah, and I would point out that, you know, the goal is to be close to the brother and the cousin's and if you just keep having these unhappy gatherings yeah. that's going to ultimately erode the relationship. It'd be yeah. better to see someone less and have feel like you're meeting on your terms as well as theirs than to just keep meeting all the time but feeling, you know, resentful and hurt.
1: Well, and back to your point about there need to be consequences, it's like if every time they suggest a change, you go along with it, they just will think like, well, we can. it just doesn't matter to them because they go along with anything. Yeah. I mean, you're not teaching them that it's inconvenient for you if you just go along with it. So I think there have to be those consequences. And it's not all or nothing. It's not like see your brother all the time or never. It's like, well, maybe here and there right. certain things won't happen, but... But over the long run, it might be healthier and set it up better. You know, and another thing about the four tendencies that I think can help in a situation like this, because she she or he, we can't tell. This listener feels very upset and angry and hurt and like this person doesn't care for them. And why are they being so inconsiderate and so thoughtless? One of the things about the four tendencies that I think can help with that is like, it's not that your brother doesn't care about you. It's like rebels hate to be locked into plans. They hate. They like to be spontaneous. He's like this with everyone. It's not just about you. Your questioner mm, sister-in-law has yes. always asked people questions and puts them on the defensive. Right. She's always like, well, this doesn't right. work for us, and we have these rules that work for us, and so this is right. more efficient. She's like that with everyone. So you don't have to feel like it's aimed at you. Don't take it personally. It might be annoying, just like I'm annoyed by my questioner right. husband. Often I'm annoyed by it. But it doesn't hurt my feelings the way it used to, because I'm like, he's Uh. like this everywhere he goes. And by the way, so are all the other questioners out there. Like, it's just it's so so it doesn't feel so much like a personal affront. It's just more like, okay, this is this is kind of a nuisance. How do we deal with it?
0: That is a great point.
1: Um, so I, I think this is something that a lot of people share because this is exactly the yes. kind of situation where the tendencies come into play and can create conflict. So I hope that thinking through how things might look for a rebel and a questioner could help this the, the obliger couple figure out how to set things up in the way – so that they do serve a very, very high value of having the families be close. That's super important. That's a super happiness booster, but in a way that doesn't create all this resentment and, uh, and hurt. So that was a great question from a listener related to the four tendencies. And now we have a general listener question. And this is a great question where we are going to throw it open to all the listeners for ideas because this is a big problem that many people share. And it would be great to get a lot of ideas about how to deal with this big burning happiness question.
0: Yes, and it comes from Bonnie. She says, "I started a new job a few months ago and share one fairly small room with five other co-workers. We each have our own desk and computer and enough personal space. However, my coworkers and other people are constantly coming in and out talking loudly and having separate conversations." I want to be polite, but I find it extremely hard to focus and do my work well with all of the distractions and get frustrated with the feelings of inefficiency that come with constant interruptions. I am new to this entry-level job and and am uncertain with going to my supervisor to discuss alternative workspaces. Do you have any suggestions for strategies I can use to improve the noise-slash-distraction levels in my shared workspace?" Are noise canceling headphones the only solution?
1: Now, this is a big problem. This is a big problem, and it is becoming bigger and bigger as more and more offices go to open plan workspaces and shared workspaces. Yes. And there's all kinds of research showing that there are some advantages to open plan, but there are many disadvantages. And exactly the one that Bonnie pointed out you get distracted, you're frustrated. It's just hard to go about your business and keep that focus. If there's people coming and going and talking and laughing and moving around, this is a huge problem.
0: Yeah, I am such an eavesdropper. If someone's having a conversation near me, I'm going to listen to it no matter how mundane. I automatically tune in to whatever someone else is talking about. Um, So I really like being able to, you know, have silence in my office.
1: Right. Well, and there's also the visual problem, which is that you've got people around you who are doing things or moving or have their own desk accessories or whatever. I was recently in an office, an open plan office, and it was like cubicles, but very low, low cubicles. And so one person Mm -hmm. had taken butcher paper and had Mm -hmm. like put it from the top of her cubicle up to the ceiling. How she got it stuck up there, I don't know. But so she had created (laughs) like this artificial like uh, cubicle to ceiling raised divider like on her own. And I, I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, talk about desperate that measures. so funny. She was like up there stapling it into the ceiling. I don't know. Um, this is a big problem. So we need ideas. And we thought for starters, yes. we would ask Sarah. Sarah Bentley is our Hello. is producing us this week. Yes. And Sarah, Panoply is open place. Yes. That's our podcast yes. network. Um, how do you deal with it?
2: Well, I, I actually, have, I've thought about it and I have a couple of things that I think have been really helpful for me. First of all, I came from an office situation for years and years that was the old school, everybody had an office mm-hmm. and I mm. thought I was going to hate the open plan office and I actually love it. I think ah. that there are more benefits to it uh, than detractors well, that's good. actually. But I do really relate to what Bonnie's talking about. I Number one, I would say, embrace the noise canceling headphones. Ah. And, you know, I, don't, I didn't go out and invest in fancy headphones. I just used my little iPhone headphones. But we joke uh, actually in our office that when you put in your headphones, it's like you're stepping into your office ah. because it's kind of a visual mm. clue to other people as well mm. that you're yes. off limits. And ah, so yes. a lot of times I'll put in ah. my headphones, don't tell anyone, and they're, they're, I'm not even listening to anything. <laughs> ah. It's just kind of for a visual
1: oh. clue. Ah. And, it's like a do not disturb sign. Exactly. Um, ah. Another
2: thing I do which has been really helpful is to watch other people kind of from a distance that I think do it well and mimic what they do. And, you know, Mm. one person I want to shout out, actually, in attitude about this is my boss, Matt. And Matt has a C in his title, so he's at the very tippy top. Mm. And Matt is (laughs) among all of us just like everybody else. I think he's has desk moved about 10 times since we got here. But Matt in Attitude is just so great about it. He has no, you know, he's just someone who's great to watch and really inspiring. If someone at the very top has no issue being in an open plan, I think it's really inspiring for other people. Another person actually who inspires me is Odelia, your Mm. producer. Yeah, And Mm -hmm. Odelia has a very dynamic job. She has a lot going on all the time. And I'll see her, I think she has some habits that I've tried to emulate Uh, One is she will have her headphones on and be over in a corner spot where her desk is and you know that she's just hunkering down and working. But another thing she does, which I think is really smart and is my third tip is to find your spots in the office. Mm. And a lot of times when there's an open mm. office plan, there are little community places yes. where you can go. And so sometimes um, Odelia, I'll see her relocated into the kitchen. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, that would only distract uh. me because I'd, I'd just be thinking about food. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, she'll, she'll relocate somewhere. And I find for myself when I do that, I can get a different type of work done. It really helps me when I need to really concentrate on something. I move to an open conference room or something. Right. The very last thing is I've really gotten an opportunity to get over being polite. Mm. And I think there's a way mm. to be very kind but hold your boundaries. And I think in an open office plan, I really love it when people just have a really kind way of ending conversations. I'd actually encourage Bonnie to tell the people around her in a kind way that they're loud because my worst nightmare is that mm. I am one of those people mm. and no one's telling mm. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So those are some mm-hmm. things that work for me. Yeah. yeah, I have a voice that projects and like I am very loud. Um and I will tend to like try to me fill too. an empty space too so like I uh, uh, yes. Well, and that's a great thing. Like, could she have, like, a sit down and say, and not about any one person, but just like, hey, I'm finding these challenges. Maybe you're finding these challenges. Let's talk about how we could kind of come up with norms or, like, ways of speaking to each other so that we can do it in a kind way. But then, but then, like, it sounds like one of the things that's bothering her is people coming in and out. It's like, well, could they stand outside the door? Is there some way you could just say, like, yeah. hey, guys, can we just all agree that it'd be better for all of us if we took these outside? Um or since she says she's uncertain about going to her supervisor, maybe something she could say that would be an easy, a relatively easy ask is something like, "I think at certain points of my day, I would find it easier to work, uh, you know, in a different kind of space. If we don't have these kind of spaces now, could we create these kind of spaces? Or uh, do, am I allowed mm-hmm, to yeah. use this space? Am I allowed to go into a conference room because it's like some places conference rooms are so precious? Can she just go in one and work there if it's empty? Like, just not again. Not, again, it's like it's just like. I'm experiencing this how could we come up with a solution sort of as a team because this is something everybody should be concerned with something that goes right to efficiency and focus yeah yeah so that was a great question I think this is something a lot of people experience it would be great to get a lot of suggestions about how to deal with it yes
0: coming up I give myself a happiness demerit that I'm pretty sure I've given myself before
1: (laughs) but first this break
0: Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo
1: code HAPPIER.
0: Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed that chore? Mm -hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier.
1: Okay, it's time for demerits and gold stars. Elizabeth, it's your turn to give a demerit.
0: Yeah. So Gretchen, um, you know, we're um, my writing partner, Sarah and I, um, and co-host of Happier in Hollywood, my other podcast, are running a show, The Fix, for ABC, a show that we created with Marsha Clark, which is wonderful. So exciting. But um, yes, but it's a lot of work, very stressful, and I'm trying to keep my sleep up. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to. It's very important to be rested. But sure enough, the other night, I was absolutely exhausted. I knew I was exhausted. I could barely keep my eyes open. And yet I stayed up for another hour and a half watching a reality show that wasn't even one of my favorites. It's not even like I stayed up to watch The Housewives. Mm. Um, I just sort of stayed up for no reason. And of course, the next morning, I just regretted it so much because I was
1: still exhausted. So did you stay up because, A, you were too tired to go to bed because it takes a fair amount of kind of like starting energy Mm. to get ready for bed? Or was it more like I just want to stay up and have a little time to myself before I go to bed?
0: Well, I think I get this this idea in my head, which isn't accurate, but I keep falling for it, that I'll regret it if I don't stay up, that Ooh. I'll wake up in the morning and feel like, oh, I didn't have my time to myself. I mm. just went from sort of, you know, work to work. Right. Um. Even though I know from history that if I do get that extra hour and a half of sleep, I'll feel the opposite. I'll feel like, oh, that was so wonderful. I'm so happy I did that. So intellectually, I know that. But, you know, at 11 p.m. the night before, I'm like, oh, no, I'll regret it if I don't stay up and relax, even though it's really not relaxing because I'm so tired.
1: Well, one thing I I wonder if it would help is to reframe this as a luxury. You know, we talked about what is luxury for you in episode 177 and luxury for me. I, I often associate going to bed with luxury. Like I make this sound when I get into bed, mm-hmm. I go, ah, and my, my whole family makes mm-hmm. fun of me. I didn't even know I did it until they pointed it out. Like it just feels oh, so good to lie funny. down. And then in the morning to wake up and not be exhausted feels like such a luxury. So maybe because it feels like to you, you're giving up something when you go to sleep and that and it's hard to give up something when you're asking so much of yourself and you want to have a little time to yourself. But you're saying like, oh, I'm going to skip that. But so maybe if you could think about going to bed as a luxury of its own. So it's like you're trading one thing for another thing but you're not giving something up in order to just cuz the idea that you're just going to be more efficient at work it does seem very right. You know, commercial in a way. Like I just have to keep my intellectual capital firing so I can be a better worker. It's like right. yeah, no, you should be able to watch a little reality TV if you want to. But maybe it's the better luxury is to just like go lie down in bed and fall asleep and it's going to feel so good.
0: Yeah, I think I have to remind myself of that. If I, that reframing is a good idea and that could help because I definitely don't think of it as a luxury and I should. Yeah. I'll try that.
1: Good. Good.
0: Um, okay, Gretch, what is your gold star this week?
1: Well, my, one, I'm giving three gold stars and one gold star goes to you, Elizabeth. So you got ah. it, in America, but you get a gold star too. And I want to say a gold star for you and a gold star for Adam. And a gold star for my friend, Julia, because all of you have stuck to Inform. And we have talked about Inform many times. It's the high-intensity strength training gym that we go to. So what I'm really giving you a gold star for is sticking to this weekly high-intensity strength training program. Because it's demanding to do as a workout. It's demanding... Given your schedule that you go every week, I mean, it's a nuisance to fit it in, and you got to drive there and you got to drive home and you got to worry about what you're wearing and all that. And, um, you have stuck with it for so long. And Adam has, and Julia has, and Julia did the whole thing where she was like, I think I need to switch. I want to, I want a little bit of changing Mm. things up. And I was like, Yeah, right. I'm like, You fall into the habit of doing Uh some other kind of exercise, then. Stop the high-intensity strength training, and then we will right. see. And she was like, yeah, actually, no, that's not going to happen. So I feel like for all three of you, maybe it was a little bit of a hurdle to do it, and yet you have mm-hmm. stuck to it, and you're so happy that you have. So I just want to say well done. Yeah, well, It's a big thing to do Well, thank like that. you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you. And I am probably one of the few people out there who can't wait until it's time to get a bone density test. Yeah. Like, um, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but my doctor's like, in a few years, you're going to have to get a bone density test. And I'm like, I bet I have better bone density because of Inform Fitness. Exactly. I want to know my bone density.
1: That's great. (laughs) A gold star from the, at the doctor's office. Excellent. That's great. I love that. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Schedule a weekly play date with yourself. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you.
0: Our producer this week is Sarah Bentley. Thank you, Sarah, for helping us out while Odelia Rubin is away. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Kristen Meinzer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at gretchenrubin.com.
1: And if you like the show, please subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. It really helps if you actually subscribe. And tell a friend about podcasts. Tell them about our podcast. Tell them about any podcast. We want to help people find the the joy that is podcast. The resources for this week, um, the audiobook for Happier at Home went on sale yesterday. You will hear me correctly pronounce the word tumult uh, for the first time in my mm-hmm. life. Yes, I've been mispronouncing it my whole life. So yes, I, I re-recorded Happier at Home in my own voice. Before it was it was read by someone else. Now it's read by me. And you can also sign up for my newsletter. It comes out once every couple weeks, and in there I have kind of, uh, kind of inside looks and special bonuses and some interesting material and highlights and uh, things like that. It's just a short, and I hope interesting newsletter. I will put a link to that in the show notes.
0: Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft.
1: and I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward.
0: not just a house. This is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.